And so I want to kind of pick off right where we left off. So we were talking about the Navy SEALs, how they regulate their emotions, and that's what separates them from everybody. And then leadership is also impacted by our emotional intelligence. It really is. So you have to be aware as a leader. Leaders who are not aware struggle. Not, not just aware of what is going on in their, their group or the structure of the group, you know, how are they performing, but like what are the intricacies, feelings, the emotions of the group? So you gotta ask yourself, what is the culture? What is the attitude of the group I'm leading? You need to know that. And you need to start by building a culture. Start by building an attitude. There's always a, a cool thing when you walk in with a team or with a group and you see how they do things, if they're doing things really well, you can just tell that, that culture, that group, that team is very, is very well run. It starts with the leader. You gotta ask yourself, are, am I aware of my pride? A lot of leaders have pride issues. They, they are not humble, they are fake humble. And so they have pride issues. And if you have a pride issue, it's gonna be hard for you to be a high EQ leader because you're always gonna be dealing with that feeling of I'm better, I'm entitled to this. Everyone should bow at my feet, not, not the case. Or you gotta ask yourself, am I managing myself well as a leader, okay? Are you working with your group to maintain a clear set of expectations? Usually that's posted around the room. That's why it's covered right now, but that's why I post our mission statement for Jack. Covered right now, but that's why I post our mission statement for Jack. That's why you walk in any team locker room, you see words and phrases and quotes all around. Why? Because that's building a culture, that's building an attitude. It's setting, these are the expectations, these are what we hold you guys to, and this is what we're gonna meet. Okay? We don't put around average expectations. The expectation and standard for you all in this room is high. And it's not gonna go any, it's not gonna go down, that's for sure. And then leadership, there's the mental side to it. So to have high emotional intelligence as a leader, you gotta have a mental state of owning yourself and the group. You gotta say, okay, what am I, what do I need to do for myself personally to make myself better? And what do I need to do to make this group better? Are you supporting your group with their mental health? That's something you can do as a, as a high EQ leader. Because we talked about this year, mental health is a huge thing that uh, people are dealing with more and more uh, in our world today. I was reading an article about what they're doing in the UK and how they're extending like lunch breaks uh, so that way people can go out and get a walk. So that way they can take their brain away from all the chaos of work and that helps their mental health. And leaders are saying, hey, if we can do this to help our employees uh, relax for a little bit and eliminate some stress for five, 10 minutes of their lives, uh, then that will help them be better employees. They'll work better for me. So if you're a leader, you want your employees and people underneath you to work well for you, make you look good. So why don't you help them, help their mental health. Make sure you're focusing on that because if you let their emotions run ragged, they're not gonna be productive for you and then they're gonna have their own issues. So care about people, care about their mental health. Then you have to have leadership communication with high EQ. So that's, can you anticipate uh, the responses, the words, the actions of other people in your group? A good leader with high emotional intelligence can kind of anticipate that. They know when they make the, the announcement or send out the email, they know what other people are already gonna be thinking of because they are in tune with their employees, they're in tune with their coworkers, they're in tune with their team members. Is there a clear and effective pathway for communication with your group? In order for emotions and feelings to be shared and worked through, there has to be a clear pathway for that communication to happen. So a leader make, needs to make sure that's there. Hey, my door's open at all times. Hey, you can contact me at all hours. Here's the, here's the part to contact me. Um, you know, I, right now I use some social media to interact with some, some students or the team I coach. I Snapchat with them, where every day I'll snap them something, what I was thinking of, how I thought practice went, or the game went. Why? Because I want to create a communication pathway 
that is easily accessible for them to use, kind of meets them, uh, and then allows us to have a, a relationship, and they, they have a trust then factor in them, okay? A, a communication pathway isn't just, hey, send me an email. Write, write, the, write, it, write a comment, put it in the tip jar, or the comment jar. That, that's not a clear pathway. Something that's effective and that gets the communication from point A to point B. So if you're a high emotional intelligence leader, you're gonna have clear communication pathways. So just some things you should consider as a leader uh, of a group uh, with high emotional intelligence. Again, here's some, some good thoughts with an emotional intelligence leader. I thought this was interesting. 75% emotional intelligence leader. I thought this was interesting. 75% of careers are derailed, meaning off the, off the railroad tracks, failed, uh, they go a little crazy, are derailed for reasons related to emotional competencies, including inability to handle interpersonal problems, problems with their coworkers, problems with other people, okay? Uh, unsatisfactory team leadership, so people have issues with their leadership, the, the directors of their groups, uh, of their departments, the overall big boss, CEO, they have issues with them. Uh, during times of difficulty or conflict, or the inability to adapt to change uh, or elicit trust. So when change happens, they struggle with it because they feel like they weren't communicated clearly. 75% of careers are derailed because of emotional problems in the workplace, in the group. So we have to have a grasp on what our emotions are doing to us and what they're doing to others. Emotions play a huge part. You know, Drake came around and started talking about, I'm in my feelings. You know, people talking about, I'm in my feelings tonight. We've always been in our feelings, okay? This isn't just 2018, 2019, Drake came up with it, okay? We've always been in our feelings. We always will be in our feelings. But we have to understand that if we, we don't know how to regulate them and manage them, we're gonna be out of a lot of things too, including maybe a job, a career, a family. So emotions are a huge thing. We have to regulate them as leaders. Three factors that will go along with this. You have your emotional factor as a factor. As a leader, are you in tune with your emotions? Are you in your feelings? Do you understand, hey, I get angry easily. I get stressed out easily. I, I, I panic easily. Are you in tune with your emotions? Isn't that, that's not to be like some zen thing. Okay, next, as we finish out with emotional intelligence, probably be beginning of next week now because yesterday's being off. Um, we'll do a little meditation practice. Why? Because that lets us clear everything out of our head. It allows us to be in tune with what we're feeling and thinking at that moment in time. You gotta do it. If you aren't in tune with your feelings and emotions, it's gonna catch up with you eventually. You're, you're eventually gonna run into a wall and that wall is gonna be like, take a seat, you need to check yourself or you wreck yourself, okay? There has to be a trust factor as a leadership, as a leader. So you have to trust those around you, trust those around you. You have to trust that other people are gonna get their job done. You have to trust that their emotions are gonna be right and that you can let them go. You can empathize with them and sympathize with them and say, hey, this is yours to take on. And then you also have to have the reciprocal trust. You have to have the trust back. You have to have other people who trust in you as a leader say, hey, you're not gonna lose your cool. I trust in you as a leader because you're gonna lead us to where we gotta to get to. You're not gonna go crazy. You're not gonna get angry all the time. You're not gonna lose it. You're not gonna rep represent us as a group in a bad way. Uh, you, there has to be trust both ways. And then finally, there has to be a people factor because as I mentioned with leader and the ship, uh, their leadership is a people business. It's a relationship business. And so if you aren't managing your emotions and feelings and you aren't working to help others with their emotions and feelings, you're gonna to struggle to find your spot as a leader. 
or director of, a, of anything or a leader of a family, okay? You really are. And so there has to be a relationship factor there. So first you have to assess, you have to assess yourself. You have to check yourself. Make sure, where am I at with my emotions? Do I understand how I'm feeling? Do I understand how I'm feeling? Do I understand what, I'm, what my mind is going through? Uh, do I understand how I'm gonna react when uh, this other coworker of mine says this one thing or does this one thing that they always do and gets on my nerves? You have to be able to keep your head because as a emotional person, we all have our emotions, you can't lose your head. You can't lose the, the, the space between your ears. If you lose that part, you're gonna struggle. Okay, so we gotta keep our head. Uh, leaders who lose their head and who go crazy, uh, they never stay in leadership positions long. We often see it more in politicians because they're in the public eye more, uh, but a politician who gets all crazy and has a big rant or does something outlandish and they can't handle their emotions. We usually see them, we, we, we all put out the videos, we, they, there's a bunch of tweets about them, and they eventually get pushed out of their position because they're like, hey, if you're a leader, you can't regulate your emotion, you can't handle the, these things, can't have you in office. You gotta relate and sympathize. That's the relationship thing. You gotta relate to other people. You can't come off as I'm my own person, I'm this high and mighty uh, individual. You have to relate, and that part of that is being transparent, being open with other people, being honest. Hey, you know what, I'm struggling with my emotions too. You know what, we just got told we're gonna have to have uh, budget cuts, and this is not easy for me as a leader. I hate to have to tell you this. I hate to have to tell you we're gonna have to, to pink, flip, pink slip some people uh, at the end of the year. You gotta relate to other people and make sure you're open. And then you have to sympathize. And you don't sympathize with saying, man, I feel sorry for you, man, I'm sorry. Good luck with that. Now you have to engage, hey, how can I help? What's going on, man? Let, let's, let's sit down. Hey, take, take, let's, let's go out to lunch. Let's, let's take a little longer lunch today. I'm gonna take you out. Let's just hash things out. I wanna hear how you're doing, okay? In order to sympathize, you have to go and meet that person. You can't, you can't just stand and expect that person to come to you. Okay, and then finally, you gotta have high quality relationships because like I said, relationships matter. High quality, not just relationships, not just have a lot of them, okay, a high amount of relationships, but they have to be relationships, but they have to be quality. They have to be to a standard that is beneficial for you and the group. Skip this one. So we're gonna do a little compass activity here. We're gonna do a little, little activity. So I need everyone to stand up and grab a marker, hang right in the middle. I just got up. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. I need you to go. If you, as you see, there's pieces of paper on the four walls of this room. Okay. You, the, the color of marker doesn't matter. Okay. And you're gonna get a chance in three seconds. Yeah, three. To go to the one that you feel most associated with, the way you take action, the way your personality is going. Okay? Let me tell you that first. Okay? You might have two or three people. If two or three people go to the same one, that's okay. You guys will work together then. Alright? So here's your options. We have our compass. South, east, north, west. Okay? Here. What are the strengths of your style? Going and acting and using your emotions and your personality. What are the strengths of your style? Give me three to four adjectives. That's one word answer. No sentence, just three to four adjectives that describe the strengths of your style. Right, question two, what are the limitations, the weaknesses of your style? Like, there's obviously a ton of strengths that you have, but what about the limitations? What are the weaknesses 
that your style presents. Three, two, and one. All right, next question. What style do you find most difficult to work with? And then just give a, a, a quick why. Okay, I'm gonna ask you why. If you can write why, great. But of all the four styles we got here, what is the most difficult your style has to work with? Okay, so you can name west, north, east, south. What do you find, what style is most difficult for you to work with? Fourth, what do people from other directions, the other styles here, what do they need to know about your style so that way you can work effectively with them? Because again, you are going to be put in that situation where you have to work with another group uh, or have to work with a different type of personality or someone who goes through different emotions. So if you are going to be in that position, what do you want them to know about you and how you do things? Last question, what is one thing you value about each direction? So west, I value this about them. North, I value this about them. South, I value this about them. Okay, and a, and a quick synopsis, a quick summary. What do you value about the other types of personalities and ways uh, other emotions have? All right, ready and go. So you have to say, what do you like about them? You have to find something. There's something about each group that, that brings to the table that brings a good thing. What, what, does, what do you like about the South? What is good about the South? What, what do they do well? Is there a caring thing for, for the groups? What do you like about the people that pay attention to all the details, the, the, the fine-tuned work? What do you like about the people that just take action? They may not think a lot, but they just go. What, what, do you, what do you like? Or what, what do you admire? Because we, we all, like, you know, that's not me, but I do I mean, admire that about them. I don't really know if I like South anymore. I'm what? kidding. <laughs> Thank you, because I'm going to ask you. We don't need to drink because there's much feelings. Ten seconds here. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Give me, give me, Hunter. What was one of your strengths of the North group? Quick, yeah, because they don't waste time. They just take action. What about West group? Josh. Attentive, yeah. Patient. South. Is it trustworthy? Trustworthy, yeah. Why? Why are they trustworthy? Um, you're trustworthy because you need when you help out one another, you get that kind of connection to where they feel like they they've known you and they can trust you and then they they can they can yeah let it out let it let it all out and let them talk to you and let them help you out. What's the strength of the East? Yes, or do you, you think you are? Is that a strength or? What about the limitations? What are the limitations? Go in different directions. South, what was the limitation? Trying to help too much. You can help too much and then you might get burned, yeah? That could be a weakness. West? Slower, because you, you got to go through every detail first, so you, you might not always be the quickest to make the decision, but 
You want to make sure it's right, at least in your eyes. North, what was that? Multiplication. You maybe you don't think everything through all the time. Doesn't mean you're always wrong. Right, right into some roadblocks. What's the limitation for the E group? Passive. Passive. Because they're always speculating. They're, they're always looking at what, what could be rather than just go. Yeah, that's very true. What about what's the group you find most difficult to work with? Acting because I prefer more passive style. Yeah. So acting is the hardest group to work with. What, what about you guys? We said more than these because they are. Uh, if they want to try their very best to show that, show the people that are trying to help that they care about themselves uh -huh. and that we care and that we care about them. Yeah. What's the hardest group for you guys to work with? Yeah, every time. Matter of fact, when you do this activity with a large group of people, the North group usually gets a little angst about when the West group is giving their answers because it's usually a little slower, a little more deliberate. They usually like to explain it better and, and this group is always like, come on, let's go, let's go. I'm waiting to give my answer. And it's usually how it works. And the hardest we're going to work with is East. Yeah, because you just want to take action. The people want to take action don't like anything that delays that. Okay? Know these emotions. Know these these, these feelings that, that you have that make your decisions, that help make your, your actions, that help just you live in general in life, okay? You go about things in a great, unique way. You really do. Don't waste it, don't, don't waste it. But know that you're gonna work with other people someday, if not now, that have different perspectives, that use their emotions differently when making decisions, when taking action on things in life, okay? The last thing I want to show you here before the, the bell rings is if you've ever heard of the Curious Cage, you know who Phineas Cage is? Nope. So Phineas Cage is 25 years old, working on the railroad. He's working on the railroad. He's working on the railroad, and all of a sudden, uh, a, a have a mini explosion goes off in a railroad spike, 43 inches long, 1.25 inches in diameter, so not a spaghetti stick, okay? 43 inches long, a metal rod goes through his skull, oh. underneath his optic nerve, and goes out his head, lands 30, 45 feet away. What? Okay? Oh. Didn't die. Did, what? Didn't die. Didn't Lived through it. Oh. Lived through it. Um, as you see here, here's a picture of him. He clearly lost his eye, okay? But compared to losing your life, he just lost his eye. So he's kind of a win in his book. Uh, you see here's a picture that kind of replicates the rod that went underneath his optic nerve and out his skull. But again, he lived, he lived. I mean, people were mystified. This is 1848, so this isn't modern medical technology. He's a young guy, uh, but people are interested. What happened to him? Yeah. So you said that a railroad exploded and it went through it, right? Yeah. Well, how did it just like go? Oh, it just shot straight up and out. It was, they were working on, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of how they were working on the railroad. Oh, so he was working on the railroad? Yeah, he was working on it and oh. he was doing something and it shot up and it shocked him. Now, the curious case of Phoenix Cage is this. Okay, a doctor came back and looked at kind of his case and after seeing his life happen, they were like, what's going on with him? Because he was kind of intellectual, but he was emotionally all of a sudden split. His personality before was very outgoing, 
very happy. He was a nice guy, always said hi, uh, very well respected in the community he lived in and worked in doing the railroads. After the rod shot through his head, no longer the case. He was often angry. He often would forget to show up to things. He was, he was always punctual to be out on time for work. He just wouldn't. Um, he would just not show up for days at a time. No one knew why. Like, what? Why was this change happening? He was always a nice guy, always at work, and now he's angry all the time. He has a drinking problem. What happened? Like, what happened? Well, they looked and they said, okay, something happened when it went through his, uh, you know, frontal lobe. His, some of his emotions changed. He lost his sense of being kind. He lost his sense of, of being happy, and and his now he's angry. Okay, he would not stick to his plans. He would often start and stop a lot of things which hurt his work because no one could employ him because he was always either not showing up to work or starting something and then going away from it and you can never rely on him anymore. He was once a reliable guy, now not. And so he struggled to even keep a job. He would have to start moving around from place to place to place just getting some employment. But again, he would always be angry now. So now anytime someone would say something to him, he'd lash out at them. He wouldn't let anybody help him, uh, which was very interesting. He said, it was said before his injury, before the rod went through his head, he never swore. I mean, he was very kind, uh, mild-mannered. After, he was a swearing like a sailor. He, he had no control over the words he said, how he said it. It was just mystifying. He lost his emotions. His emotions just changed, okay? And it shows that our brain can do that. We, we, can, we can work our brain to be so... Um, uh, emotionally bent up that we can lose and our emotions might change. Bless you. Okay? So, when he moved around, he never was the same. He eventually, in his cage, he died. When he moved around, he never was the same. He eventually, in his cage, he died of a seizure. Years later. He did live for a decent amount of years after. I believe it was 10, 15 years, somewhere around there. After the injury. So, it's not like he just, you know, within a year died. Uh, he lived. Again, he lived after a metal rod went through his head but he eventually died of a seizure. And then he's been a medical mystery for years and years now. You know, there's a video clip from a Harvard professor talking about him. He said, and he's been studied for the last 160 years. His skull is still in the Harvard Medical uh, University uh, lab, so to speak, because people are just mystified. How did he survive, okay? And then why did his emotions change? And he's still studied. His case is still looked at uh, to try to figure out our emotions how we regulate them, how we can control them, okay? Um, and that's part of it. The rod made him, the rod going through his head made him lose the sense of regulating his emotions, regulating his personality. And if we don't regulate our personality in life, we can go down the same road as Finney's Cage did without a metal rod going through our head. Okay, we can, we can lose our, our sense of a job, we can lose our sense of a career, we can lose our sense of friends, we can lose friends because we can't regulate our emotions. So it's a curious case uh, of Phineas Cage. I encourage you to take a look at more of his stuff. You will see this a lot in psychology classes. You'll see this a lot in, in those types of classes because they're, they're wondering why did his brain change the way he does things, okay? Uh, if you've never seen the movie Inside Out, it's a, it's a cool kind of movie. It's a Disney flick, uh, but they talk about emotions and regulating them, controlling them. And they take a, a funny approach about you know what if, what's going on in our brain, and imagine if there's different like characters in our brain that take on the role of anger, take on the role of doubt, take on the role of fear, take on the role of joy. What does that look like?